Good evening and welcome to Open Air and good evening, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you. Great. Okay. I have announcements here. Wonderful. We have extended the registration deadline for our ever-popular and transformational year-long retreat until noon Pacific time this Friday, December 27th. A four-week email class on obstacles to recollection starts next Monday, January 30th, followed by the weekday radio shows and weekly assignments beginning in March. If you haven't signed up for the year-long retreat, but did participate in the Sunday workshop earlier this month, your workshop donation will be refunded to you if you do decide to join us for the powerful year-long retreat. Another of Sherry's great books, Be the Person You Want to Find, Relationship and Self-Discovery, is now available as an e-book. Get your copy right away. And for these and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for tonight. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, you can press star six and then one to make a show and get in the queue. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes is great. Okay, Ashwini, I think we are ready here. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Sean from Saskatchewan, Canada. Hey, Sean. Hi, Sean. Good evening. This is my first time ever calling the Tuesday evening show. I've called into the morning show lots, but uh, like some other people uh, looking for... Uh, craving something to fill that absence of the morning show. So I've been going through the archives and then I went to look and I'm like, oh, I'm all caught up. Why, are, oh, why isn't there another one posted? I'm like, oh, I could call in. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome, Sean. <laughs> so um, doing a little cue practice, I suppose. And uh, this, this has never really occurred to me to call in before. But yeah, I just wanted to report that I guess missing the daily practice and so i'm i'm getting hooked or ego's getting hooked in little just micro just small little nitpicky micro arguments with my wife and and here's where i'm struggling a little bit because she'll say something and maybe be a bit short or a bit unkind for you know whatever reason as i you know it, we don't know why. I don't know why. And I'm getting hooked into it a lot more lately. And I'm quite certain it's related to, you know, the lack of the, of the daily morning show is like a, a regular practice reminder. But I always struggle with like, how much do I push back and sort of like, hey, you're wrong. I want to defend myself, big air quotes around defend versus just whatever that's how she is that's what's going on right now for her I don't have to take it personally but I sort of have a lifetime 
maybe it's a bit of karma around letting people, you know, like walk over me a little bit for lack of a better term. So I don't know if you could, I didn't know I was going to talk about that until you unmuted me. So um, maybe (laughs) you could, maybe you could. Well, I'm really trying not to. That's always been another, in the morning show, I always like "Mm," try to have, you know, a few topics, but then yeah, increasingly as I, I'm trusting myself. It's like, you know what? The right thing is going to show up. So that's what I'll, if you could comment, if you could say something about that, I uh-huh. would appreciate any of your thoughts so, and reflections. Yeah. Of course. So if I, let, let's see if I'm tracking, right? Uh, John, there are a couple of, you're watching it. You're watching that process and you're aware how much, clo- how much more vulnerable you are to being triggered. Right? I mean, that's sort of the, the, the place that you started, that having a practice of just noticing is so beneficial because it allows us to see the conditioning uh, happening, right? And so yes. the, that, that practice of last year is really, really um, coming through in your ability to see multiple facets of the process. So there's a couple of aspects that you've noticed. So the the sort of input from the from your wife is judged to be I mean so there's an inflection right there's a sharpness or there's a uh, an unkindness there's the okay well you know even to to say it to actually say it without saying it incorrectly right you can notice that there's a certain t- uh, tentativeness about that that we, we have to phrase it in this particular way because we're so conditioned not to have an experience, to have any experience, to be in touch with what's going on for me, right? And so it has to be so carefully framed so that you are a particular, you, have, you are a particular kind of person, within quotes. And, but you notice the karma. There's a karma of being sort of accommodating, of letting the other person get away with, with those are not your words, but sort of walk over you is the way you phrase yeah. it. And so then yeah. there's that, that inquiry around, well, what's the sort of, what to do, right? Do I assert myself or do I just let the karma play out? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so yes. to notice all of those components is really important because all of it gets framed in, in all of it is part of the process, part of my process. And if we step back enough, we just notice that it's all part of my process, which is the most important thing that we can do, is just simply notice that it's part of the process and it's not me. Huh, okay. I might identify with all aspects of that process, but it's simply (laughs) a conditioned process playing out. And when I identify with one part of it, I feel a victim. When When I identify with the other part of it, I feel like the perpetrator. In either case, I feel bad. And yet my yes. choices are always framed as, do I assert myself and feel bad, or do I accommodate and feel bad? <laughs> yes. I guess that's the epitome yes. of two bad choices, eh? Yeah. Precisely. And we don't see it as two bad choices. No. Because we're, the, because we're not out of the process enough to see the whole process as um, just part of the con- of all part of the conditioning, right? I yeah. can watch it, but even when I say it, I still am identified with the problem that has to be solved, 
rather than stepping out of it and going, wait a second, if I reframe the narrative of what that, what that process is, I go back to very clearly, you know, making, it, the making a change of good year-long retreat where we come to assignment 16 or whatever it is, and what are the two, cho- two bad choices that are being offered to you? Because that's such a clear, so clearly the definition of disidentifying from a, a, a suffering process is that it's always framed as a, as a duality, both of which end in suffering. Yes. Wow. Thank you for reflecting that. I, yeah, I was a little bit of the way there, but holy cow, you've just really, yeah, uh, expanded that so much more. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, here's yeah. the thing, Sean, because there is, there is a next place, and this is sort of what, what is laid out really clearly in the Don't Suffer Communicate book, right? Oh, okay, because which I own but have not read, so that's, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because here's the thing. The, once we get that what, what I'm here to do is end suffering, and it's the year-long retreat workshop that we started off what, last Sunday, there is a human mm-hmm. being who's caught in this process, and that human being is not allowed to have an experience. That person cannot say, well, you know, I feel judged, or I feel criticized, or this is so unfair that I got, can't get to say what I want to say, or I'm hurt. And as that person maybe starts talking from an identified place, some of the authentic human experience that that person is having gets expressed. So the first place that the book says we want to start out with is to pick up the recorder and through the two-handed recording exercise actually allow for the totality of the experience to be experienced. My wife said this, this is what I feel, and as I explore how I feel, somewhere in the universe, Sean's experience has to be valid. Right, right, Otherwise, the karma of accommodation keeps getting reinforced, right? Because the only only choice I have is to yell and feel bad, which I don't do because I'm karmically predisposed to suppress and feel bad. And so the human being is subject to the conditioning and feels completely trapped by it. Where's the one place where it's safe to say something about uncensored, without judgment, that you can't say that because you don't know what's going on with her and being the right spiritual human being, you can't actually say, can we phrase it as, is it her ego or my ego or whatever it is, right? I get completely lost in my qualifiers. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. I, it's that, yeah, it's that feeling, literally, you're describing that feeling of being trapped and it's like, oh, I can't say anything. What do I do? I'm like, Oh, this tidy. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. yeah so pick up the recorder and actually, yeah. as if you're, t- if, if you did, if you weren't talking to your wife, right? If or it was completely safe to talk to the unconditional love that, uh, because we're censored in so many ways. Pick up the recorder and just talk from your experience. Explore what it feels like to be the subject of an input to get triggered, and then the voices. The, the conditioning being triggered, what does that do to the human being? What is that experience? Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. I will. Yes. What, yes. Wonderful. Right. What, because what, uh, if you yeah. do that, if you do that, you're likely to not feel trapped. I mean, the practice, so that's the second step that the book explores, which is, once we get really clear about what's going on for me and keep getting clearer and clearer without judgment to have everything that I feel, it's unlikely 
that the input would trigger the reaction. I can stay more yeah. centered. In fact, my workshop can be, how do I stay present now that I'm allowed to have everything that I feel not articulated to the person, my wife, who is triggering it, but on the recorder, I can talk about anything. And as I talk about it, I can experience myself to be more and more centered, right, in the conversation. And the way I stay centered, and this is a complete workshop, and this is how the book articulates it is, I can stay present to, to anyone's experience because I, I reflect internally or externally, I'm constantly reflecting. And that's how I stay present and don't give in to the karma of asserting something from an ego place and therefore causing harm and then feeling bad. Because you need, to, you need a strategy for both karmas, to end both karmas. The karma of accommodation ends by allowing my, for my experience on the recorder, and the karma of aggression ends because I find the tool of reflection assists me to stay in the conversation without ego, allowing me to be there for my wife's experience and not make it about me. Oh, wow. But without a strategy, I'm sunk. I'm, yeah. I'm subject to the conditioning. Yes, yes. Holy cow. That's, yeah, you've encapsulated that perfectly. I feel lighter already. I'm very, yeah, I'm... I'm. Uh, I don't want to say I'm keen for another uh, opportunity, but, uh, <laughs> but I, well, now I know are. what to do. I think you, <laughs> I guess you I... are. You are right, Sean, because that's what that's what changes. It's what Sherry says. We go from being the hunted to the hunter, right? Yeah. Now we're yeah, not. Right. We're, if if I have a tool, and the book also says step four, five, and six is no reviews. It's all a workshop. Uh huh. In the next conversation, you get triggered. So what? You go talk to the recorder about what it's like to be triggered and, and apologize, uh, apologize to your wife and say, can I do this again? Say it to me again. Let me reflect that, right? <laughs> I mean, it becomes a way to actually have intimacy with somebody because it's the only way their experience doesn't become about me. And so they can have their experience and I can have my experience. And, and there's a tool in the book called Processing where, both, where, where the, we, we actually articulate what it might be like to have a conversation between two people without it being about the other person. I mean, without it being about me. That's yeah. what reflection is. You can have your experience and you have my full attention to witness that. And then when I have my experience and articulate it, you witness it and don't make it about you. Now that's intimacy. Yeah. Because anyone can say anything and it's held within that sort of space of uh, the rule that it's never about anyone else. Just I'm owning my experience. Wow. And I feel safe enough to state it. But that safety starts with the recorder first. Yeah, yeah. Holy. I am so excited to re-listen to this. And yes, uh, become the hunter. Yeah, look for those opportunities. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Thank John. You. Keep it posted. We'd love to hear I will. chapter two. Okay. <laughs> Thank you and go happy to both of you. You too. Good night. night. Good night. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Sean. And that was very exciting.
uh, Shwini, and uh, I was projecting a lot of uh, opening and uh, willingness and uh, awareness, and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's don't suffer, communicate. <laughs> don't suffer, We just need to know yeah. who to communicate to, right? Not Never yes. ego. Yes, and I really appreciated that process of seeing the two bad choices. Okay, here are the two bad choices. Let me go talk to the recorder, get some clarity about that, and then, you know, everything opens up. There's every possibility there going forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wonderful. And Ashwini, we're going to break now for good news, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. And Jen, I'm turning it over to you for a good news update. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. And I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Sherry, who is here to speak with us about an exciting new practice adventure. Welcome, Sherry. Well, thank you. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I, I'm very excited about this. Um, so shall I, just, shall I just, in my customary fashion, just jump right in? Yes, please, because I don't think I need to give the background. I, I suspect you'll lay it all out for us, so please do go. Nobody, yeah, nobody has the background, so, uh, including me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to preface a lot of things now uh, uh, by stating that I'm an old person, right? And I, I w- was doing some research on this latest subject because I'm fascinated by the things that have come into existence in my lifetime. And mm-hmm. I'll often say, you know, I wrote a book on depression because depression is my family, my, my heritage, right? And, uh, um, and I was reading that depression was basically unknown post-World War II. It just, it just wasn't known. It was not realized, recognized as a thing, which was my experience growing up, you know, not that much after the end of World War II. Uh, nobody, nobody knew what it was. You know, you, if they can't find out that you're sick, well, then, you know, maybe it's a, especially being female, you know, it's probably hormonal, uh, although that wasn't a big thing back then either, but it was nerves, right? And um, mm-hmm. so... So then the next thing that I watched come into existence was anxiety. And I remember when general anxiety disorder became a thing and coincidentally medications uh, came out that would handle that condition, right? In the same way okay. depression became a thing, there were medications that you could take, pills that you could take to deal with your depression. And so, fast forward. I, I even though you know, I probably would have been labeled manic depressive um, if I, uh, you know, if I had ever <laughs> been unfortunate enough to get a label. I didn't get one. And anxiety, uh, I, it was just never a thing for manic. Yes, <laughs> you know me, Jen. You know manic is a thing, right? But anxiety. <laughs> And so watching it come into the culture and, of course, through practice, talking with people, working with people, seeing people struggle with anxiety. And, you know, we all look at how fast life seems to be going, and it is going faster. Um, And it's more stressful and all of that. And so it kind of makes sense that people are more nervous, more stressed, more more anxious. And, um, And so, okay, 
And then, as I was talking about this in, the, in a recent blog, I was talking with this chap, and he was telling me that his 10-year-old daughter is so anxious she can barely leave her room. She, she, can, she has to be almost forced to go to school. Um, not that having anything to do with school, but she's just so anxious. She's so anxious. And uh, in the course of the conversation, he told me that medical people, her, her doctor said that all doctors now are encouraged to test children over the age of eight for anxiety. And it just, it just threw me for a loop. And I thought, this is... <laughs> so in reading some more about it, just recently, I, I was reading a, a web thing, a web page on, uh, you know, some medical group talking about anxiety. And the picture at the, on the front of the web page is children getting onto a school bus. And I thought, my God, you know, it could all start feeling like a conspiracy, but, you know, I'm yeah. sure it's not. But that's where, that's where our concern yeah. is, right? So we're a bunch of anxious yeah. adults uh, creating a bunch of <laughs> anxious yeah. children and having <sighs> no way to deal with it, no way to deal with it for ourselves and certainly no way to deal with it in them. And, of course, you know me, I have a great concern that we're just headed toward I don't know, some sort of matrix uh, medicated uh, world in which uh, we just, you know, take our pills and get our shot and march off like little lemmings toward the edge of the cliff. So at any rate, I, I uh, got inspired and I, I, wanted, I decided that I wanted to do a project on anxiety and see if as a group we can uh, come to uh, a deeper understanding about what it is what it isn't, how to approach it, and, of course, because we are practicing suffering, how not to experience it. And um, so that's what we have been about. And um, uh, a website and I think was... Uh-huh, go ahead. I was just going to say that in that blog where you wrote about it, I think you invited people to start to write in. And my Idea. understanding is quite a number of people have, and that that's flourished into this next piece. That's exactly right. Thank you for that. I Yes, mm-hmm. I left that out. Yes, people did write in and talk about their experience and their concerns and that sort of thing for themselves and for their children and their loved ones mm-hmm. because it seems like mm-hmm. everybody knows somebody who is really struggling mm-hmm. with it. And uh, so, yeah, so the website went live today and uh, the first part of the project is there. It's actually a recording, and people are invited to go there and listen to the recording and, um, and then to uh, have their experience of that, first of all, and then um, keep, stay tuned for the next step of this because we're going to go through it. Uh, you know, the thing is laid out, what we're, what, how we're going to be approaching it, without the details of how we're going to approach it, but it'll be like everything in practice. We'll do something. We'll talk about what happened. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do something else. We'll talk about what happened, what our experience is. So, yeah, the Anxiety Project well, is alive. And, you know, Sherry, it just I certainly have seen it in my own practice that anxiety, I would say, like depression, and it does seem like um, 
uh, just about everybody <laughs> struggles with either one, the other, or both on yes. some level. And yes. that there's so much to see that it's, it become, it's, for me, it's become an ally in my practice because it's something that without practice, life would get smaller and smaller and smaller. So there's a way in which I'm forced to look in places that can be can at first feel uncomfortable, but it has really transformed my own practice to practice directly with it. So I think there's so much potential in it for all of us. Well, and you know, Jan, with what you're describing, it's very much uh, like what we just heard in that last conversation, right? Mm-hmm. That, yes. That's, that's it. With, without the tools of practice, without an ability to uh, bring conscious, compassionate awareness to ourselves and our life situations, everything does get smaller because the ego yeah. is not our side, yeah. right? So what yeah. the circumstances are, it's going to be angling for us to suffer over it while, of course, all the time telling us it's the way out of suffering. And so in that, in that same way that was just discussed, when we, when we stop and we bring full conscious awareness to what's going on, and, uh, and we turn to the intelligence animating us, the mentor, mm-hmm. the recorder, uh, practice, uh, uh, reflection, for assistance and support. When we do that, we have a way through. And then, as you're indicating, life starts getting bigger instead of smaller. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an important point. <clears throat> so that, the well, the other piece of it, for me, always with Sangha, and that's why I'm really excited about what you're describing, is that a huge piece of the reason people suffer, at least in my experience with all of it, is we're told it's wrong. And it's something you have to fix and change. That's Which, of course, is the very thing that's making us anxious to start with. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. And how ironic that we're made to feel like we're the only one even though in this country we're living in a nation of increasingly right. medicated people because they're having the same yeah. experience we're at. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we got to about yeah. it. We got to be out in the open. We got to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, again, referring to the previous conversation. You know, this is what I hear. This is this is the conditioning. This is what I'm told. This is what I do as a result of it. Okay. Good. We need to talk about that. We need to get it out in the open so that we have encouragement and and find the courage to go up against that. Um, yeah. That conversation on our head is trying to kill us. That's right. And you're right. It is exactly the converse, that first conversation from the show tonight where yeah. we, right, we get to a place of instead of trying to fight against what's happening in our life, whether it's something in a relationship or, you know, kid going to school or that sort of thing, we come to realize, no, this is my life and it's perfectly all right. The only thing that's happening is I'm in this conversation about how it should be different or I should be different or they should be different or that's why in some ways awareness practice is uniquely positioned to address something like anxiety. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I feel we must. Whether we're going to turn it around or not, I don't know. Uh, But, you know, at least, uh, again, we're, you know, so much at the forefront of bringing um, 
self-hatred to uh, uh, yes, exactly. Uh, you know, cultural awareness, and so uh, why why not anxiety? Heck, yes. uh, you know, if if we can, because that that's what that's what happens, right? Is people start having an experience of an alternative. So you have your school yes. counselors, psychotherapists, mm-hmm. and and uh, spiritual teachers, and all these folks having their own experience of going beyond. Anxiety, it starts, the, the word starts to get out. And that's what yeah. we can hope for. Yeah. Well, I don't, as you say, I don't know if we'll turn around for all of us, but I can wholeheartedly tell you that practice has completely turned it around for me, that experience. Um, me too. <laughs> and, you know, again, uh, again, as we so often talk about in, in awareness practice, Anything can be brought to it. Anything. Once we get the hang of looking directly at things and getting to the other side of them, where it's the, you know, as was said, we turn into the hunter, and and it's like, okay, what else? What else? What else? What else? I want to see through that. I want to see through that. I want to see through that. I want to get to the other side of that. I want to put that behind me. There's a lot of happiness to be had. I'm going there. A lot. Just that process is happy. Just that process exactly. turns it completely it's around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. why people are explorers and scientists and they want to be and astronauts science. and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I my understanding but... is <laughs> exactly. I mean, that that's great. They can explore those things and we'll explore those. There. <laughs> happy for him. I want to work on getting past anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I understand that after the show, an email is going to go out um, to everyone on our list that will have a link to what you're describing to be able to go to that recording and get started with all of it. Yes, to get started and to know that it's an ongoing process, right? It is going Mm -hmm. to be uh, kind of like a retreat or uh, an email class almost, that kind of thing where we're doing something and over a period of time, we're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper over a period of time. So, and and it's, I hope it lasts forever, right? Uh, and that it just exists here in the, in the universe. Um, and people can, can tap in anytime they want. It's not, it's, there's no pressure. You know, it's like if you miss the first class, mm-hmm. it's going to be right there. You can join anytime, mm. follow up anytime, communicate with us anytime. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Everyone's wow. Welcome. It's exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you for being with us to talk about it. And oh. Thank you so much for launching it. Really looking forward oh. to listening to that yeah. and getting started. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Thanks, Michael. Sherry. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you on S20. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen. And thank you, Sherry. And that was fabulous. And welcome back to Open Air, and that was fabulous, Ashwini. I'm very excited about that. Oh, it's very, it's very exciting. Uh, I, I would, I would echo me three in terms of practice turning it around <laughs> for me too. But here, yeah. Michael, just one other word. So, uh, it's the the project or this practice offering is called Conversations with the Guide, 
the first subject is anxiety, and we really hope it's a conversation and it's an interactive platform that we'll be launching over time that allow that will have Sherry's audio postings, the ability of people to listen to it, respond to it, and um, and engage in truly in a conversation with the guide. And it's the first of many topics. And as the email that comes out will uh, let everyone know, uh, we have aging. We have requests for many topics that we're going to explore together. Um, two of which people have uh, we've meant two of which we already are working on that's aging and um, what's the other one insomnia so just look forward to an ongoing conversation and uh, it will be fun yes it will be fun and in my experience is that practice is always new it's always fresh it's always adapting to the moment and to what we're experiencing and uh, it's incredibly supportive Yes, and you know, Michael, I think it's it's wonderful that Cherry is offering it, and I think we all should take advantage of it. It's as we as we said, it's her 80th birthday, and to have a, a living guide to have all the conversations that we want to have about all all subjects of suffering, we want to hop on it. We want to participate. Yes, yes, yes. Fabulous. Thank you, Ashwini, and we have another caller here. Next caller, you are Hi. now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, um, this is Lauren back here in uh, Calaveras County. And hey, I was, hey, Lauren. Hey, I was um, just uh, looking at the best year yet notes I had taken, and I realized that the main focus was that self-hate has to stop. I don't know why I didn't see that as the main focus, but I didn't. And when I just read it several times here, I was just like, oh, wow, that's going to be so easy for me not to practice self-hate because it's really so self-defeating. But my problem is Mm -hmm. I'm going to point out self-hate when it comes out of other people's mouths because it's hard to be in a person's company who's self-hating actively. Uh So so let let me make sure I'm tracking... Uh, Lauren, because I heard what you're saying, which is that as you review the notes from your workshop, what stands out is it's all about ending self-hate. It's, in fact, as, as we say, spiritual practice does not begin until the beating stops. So yes. it's going to be easy for you because that's the one practice that you are, you're going to focus on. And since our focus is daily recollection, the, the training will be to, to keep remembering not to go to self-hating places, not to listen and believe, to, to not listen to and believe a self-hating conversation. So here's the piece that perhaps you could clarify. So are you saying that it's, so it's hard for you to be with, be with someone who's self-hating? And so you're, you're interested in pointing out the self-hate when someone is being self-hating? Uh, degrading themselves, de- deriding themselves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, and, but, but I did um, make a decision that I'm telling them both. I have two friends. I think, yeah, I think it's a human thing. People, um, you know, verbalize their self-hate and, uh, I just told them, you know, that's going to be the focus for me. They live on my property, too. 
And I said, but I'm going to stop making it my focus for you. You know, when, when she uh-huh. brings up a self-hating message about how something didn't go right, um, I, I just, you know, I, my mind, my ego just wants to, I guess, maybe normalize it. Look, you know, she's doing self-hating. That's how you have to talk to other people like that. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, it, so it's not so much. So, what what you're what you've communicated, if I'm understanding correctly, is simply that you're not going to reflect their self hate. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh huh. Mhm. Yes, because it can be. That's an interesting place for all of us doing awareness practice, because you know the practice of awareness is focused on ending suffering for in the one place that you can end suffering, which is you. Right? So we're always focused on my experience. And I don't mean that in an egocentric way. I just mean that what's going on in this bag of bones. Yes. Because I don't know if it's your experience. It's certainly mine. That, when I, when, that most people don't want to be told anything that's helpful to them. Because ego is the front defense mechanism, right? It, it, it's like, don't tell me what to do kind of thing. In, so, yeah. so before we before we want before we want to uh, even though it's such a liberating insight for me that mm-hmm. ending self hate and suffering, um, the the encouragement is in awareness practice we kind of look at how that goes on for me. Where am I self hating? All of the places in which self hate I believe yeah. self hate. All of the places that I can end self hate. And the best way to stop other people from going to self-hate is to be the expression of unconditional love. Right. Because there's a power in modeling it, in, in other people receiving that experience of your presence that probably will move them towards ending self-hate more than if we told them that they're, self, they're being self-hating or that their problem is self-hate. That sounds, that sounds great, Ashwini. Thanks. Because, you know, because, because that's the only, there's the only place you can guarantee that, you're, that the, the difference can be made, right? And so when you're different, I bet these people, as we say this in a, there's nothing wrong with the retreat all the time. When you're different, it's bound to register that there's something different about you. And now someone becomes curious about, well, what are you doing, Lauren? How is it that you're different? Like, what is it that you're doing? At which point the encouragement is to hand them a there's nothing wrong with you book. Because until someone is open to it, this practice is so hard because what we go up against is such a worthy opponent. Yes. One of the reasons we don't evangelize, right? We We don't say, come here and we'll then self hate for you. Almost everybody finds this practice when they're ready. Because if you're not ready, if you don't want it, that self-hate will crucify you. And you have to be ready. You have to want it. Okay, I'm going to be a beacon of no self-hate. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's right. Beacon All right. of no self-hate. All because right. we have to, we, we, just one other thing, Lauren, that we can rest in the in the we can trust the fact that everyone is working out their salvation diligently. Yes. And there's someone in my life, there's someone in my life is my best opportunity to wake up. 
Now, I might be their best opportunity to wake up also, but mm-hmm. it's not my responsibility. No, not at all. Yeah, yep, I got that one. Thank you yes, so much. Exactly. It's hard enough to work on ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. So, yeah, I just feel really glad about, you know, yeah. just being part of the Sangha. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Because here is one place where we know we're all working out our own salvation and we can talk about that experience and we can all see our own authenticity, right? And this yeah. is one place where if the, if the self-hate is something I cannot see, it will be reflected for me. Definitely. Safely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also have been uh, upping my recording and listening. And I, even just if I don't make any, the third comment, you know, you record and listen, then you listen, then sometimes you're third comment uh, back, it, it rids my brain of self-hate. I know you guys swear by it and, and you know, cheer by it, but, man, it really works. If you don't want a head full of <laughs> yeah. right? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm not sure I followed what you said, uh, Lauren. You said that you mean the two-handed recording, there are multiple steps, and even <laughs> just doing the first step is is, is first two steps is sufficient for you? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. I, I no longer yes. feel compelled to make comments about the process that just happened. I just noticed that it's, I can let go of that. If by recording uh-huh. it and listening, you know, I can let go of that. Yes, and, and here would be an encouragement, something to play with. Absolutely. Because what happens when we, when we use the right-hand recording is we're disidentifying, right? In, we're talking from the perspective that is being bombarded by the self-hate. And as we talk about it, we disidentify, which is a wonderful experience. Yes. And there is, there is this is like, a, I would say, like scales to play a, a concerto or something like that, right? In order to, you might be able to just play one set of scales and be able to handle one piece. But there's a reason that you have multiple types of scales because you want to have, we want to play multiple types of pieces. And so just the encouragement to not miss the other steps because each of those steps has actually a very powerful uh, training objective. So So you record because you, go ahead. You're saying don't go back. Resist the urge to go back to, to make a no, comment. No, I'm, I'm, no, I would say that, do, that yes, we disidentify from whatever process we're in if we record and we listen. But if you are doing the two-handed rec, uh, exercise, not to miss out on the mentor coming in and offering whatever the wisdom, love, and compassion wants to offer in hearing the recording. Because yeah. it's yeah. making the move. It's, we don't just want to disidentify from the self-hate. We want to transcend it. We want to become the wisdom. We, we, we want to identify that wisdom, love, and compassion as who and what we are. And so missing out on that step and then listening to what the wisdom, love, and compassion has to say, they are very powerful movements that we also need to train in because it's not just disidentifying. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So just an encouragement not to, uh, not to lose out on other components of that practice um, 
while you're exploring this identifying from self-hate? Yeah. If you're using that tool, because it's all it's always yeah. possible oh. to record and listen without doing the two-handed recording, right? I mean, that's that's what we do all the time. But that particular tool, the movements are, are orchestrated in a very specific way that involves four different process training steps. Oh, I and bet. And so we all benefit from doing them, yes. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much for um, opening that up for me. All right. Thank you for being so willing to listen. Thanks, Lauren. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Lauren. And Ashwini, I appreciated that uh, comment about being a beacon of no self-hate. That's a great uh, aspiration to be a model of that in the world. Uh, can you hear me, Michael? I, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay, good. Well, I was, I was heartily concurring. Okay, good. Wonderful. And we have another caller here. Next caller. Oh. You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini. Hi, Michael. It's Barbara here in Australia. Hey, Barbara. Hey, Barbara. Hi. Oh, just need to take a bit of a breath. I wasn't expecting to be called. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to call in because um, to get some clarity I suppose around the saying yes to life that I've heard in practice since I first came to this practice and I think that it's something that ego has got hold of at times and maybe a lot of the time um, I, d I just had an, something happen yesterday where I saw that process um, I completely out of the blue got a phone call offering me a certain housing situation um, and I had sort of less than 24 hours to make a decision about it and there were a lot of things about it that didn't feel great to me um, and I could there was this sort of I should say yes because this is life just out of the blue offering me this thing and I meant to say yes to life and I just, I saw how that was sort of, basically it was sort of an ego story in my head that was, you know, really making the decision more difficult. Um, so I just, yeah, I just wanted to put that out and I guess have a conversation about it. It's been a thing for mm -hmm. me, like because of my health situation, I had to learn how to say no to things a lot and sort of accept limitations has been my big journey and so the saying yes thing I think if when ego gets hold of it it's um, it, it confused me made me feel like I couldn't trust myself or something or you know I was doing things wrong mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes so what I hear you saying right Barbara is the is it, it, such an important point, which is basically that whatever whatever it is, ego can make suffering out of it, right? And so this thing of saying yes to life can become taken over by ego to cause enormous amounts of suffering. Did I make the right decision? Is this the right thing to do? Basically, if I say no, am I losing out, 
right? This is such that there's just so much that gets generated in in turbulence and confusion when conditioning comes in to take over a something that's arising in life. Because what happens is whatever's arising, we can't stay with it for life to clarify it for us, right? And that's exactly what that confusion is obstructing. Yeah. So I also so noticed... You're, you're right. It's, go ahead. Come on. No, you oh, finish first. No, go ahead. Oh, I was oh, I reflecting your process, which is the, the ability to, to stay with it, to not feel the, you have 24 hours to respond. Well, I, the information that's coming through probably is, well, I don't know if I can make the decision in 24 hours, right? So I have to look at this. And so then mm. I look at it. And if 24 hours goes by and the clarity doesn't arrive, then that's what is, right? Because you know, I think the clarity, yes, what I was going to say is that I noticed, you know, when I put myself in the queue to ask to talk about it, there was this um, fear that came up that, by t- <laughs> that you're going to say something that makes me feel like I should have said yes. So, you know, it's quite, uh, and you know, I mean, I'm so, so grateful for practice. I... I recorded and listened about it. I wrote, the most helpful thing I did was that I wrote down what the voices were telling me and that's when mm-hmm. I saw the yes, you know, Sherry says say yes, you know, <laughs> um, you should say yes um, and I, you know, I also could see the you voices were very clear and um, I was sort of able to do as much as I could, the indicated things to gather the information that I needed to come to some clarity. Um, but I've noticed, you know, so that was yesterday morning that I had to make that decision and, um, you know, I was recording about how it's like no reviews boot camp now mm-hmm. and ego's trying to come in with getting me to, to review basically um, mm-hmm. And the saying yes is like one of the weapons. Yes. Well, you know, not listening to ego is the biggest yes to life there is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other yeah, thing that, this, you know, when I put myself in the queue, what, what came, what sort of dropped in was, you know, it's saying yes to presence, it's saying yes to practice, it's, you know, it's not saying yes to this particular thing or that particular thing. Oh my gosh, that is so brilliantly stated. That's exactly it because that's the process that we're honing in on in this conversation that um, what, we say, what we say yes to is the process of listening to life. It's not to the content because that's what conditioning wants us to do. You have to say yes to this offer, Right. But my yes process in awareness practice is the willingness to look at it, saying yes to looking at it, right? And that's what you did. You recorded and listened about it. You wrote down all the, what the voices are saying, even a voice saying that Sherry says you should say yes, right? Because it is a voice. Because <laughs> Sherry would never say I, you should say anything. You should do I anything. I know. <laughs> right? I mean, that, yes? that, was, that was so helpful because it was so clear apart from the Sherry yes. says you should. I mean, 
you know, clearly that is not a statement of any kind of truth. That's exactly right. And so the, the clarity is not about content. The clarity is about, is about being in the process of inquiry. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a, um, you know, I've seen so much and I'm still seeing a lot because, you know, just that ego conversation that wants to make me wrong and yes. this was your big chance and you've blown it and this was your one and only opportunity and you said no to it yes. and um, it's, it's, yeah, I, I just, as I said before, am so grateful for, um, the years that I've had with this practice because I'd be, I would be just in a place of total suffering. Of course. Because, you know, Barbara, if you had said yes to it, you would be beaten bloody. If you said no to it, you're going to be beaten bloody. I mean, our, our experience over time, that's what we see, right? It doesn't matter what yeah. decision we make. The conversation is always going to be there to make us feel bad about that as being wrong. And so that's the process clarity you have. Any content that arises gets, gets used by conditioned mind to cause yes. suffering, to get your attention. That's it. It's not that there yes. is a right choice and a wrong choice. <laughs> There's only a choice. Right, but that yes, choice, I, whatever it is, gets gets more gets morphed into the wrong choice, always. Whatever the choice is, but then you get to yes, that time of it's actually not about making a choice; it's about being in the process of inquiry, which is not being in the process of something wrong. Yes. Yes, and so. Now it's like that's just over. So there's no that's right there's, done. There's no exactly. thought about it that is yes. as it is you know of any value whatsoever right. ever again. It's done. It's, exactly. Precisely. Precisely. It's over. It's not arising in life anymore. If it's arising, it's arising in conditioned mind after the fact. We don't have to entertain conditioned mind and its opinions yeah. on what should have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and, you know, Barbara, that place of what you're talking about, which is so important to get, right? I'm not saying yes to content. That's not the yes that is being talked about in practice at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, conditioning, you said a lot with, um, as I said, I often, you know, invitations will arise or whatever, and I mostly, especially the last few years, my help has been not good. I mostly have to say no, but that isn't the saying yes that we're, that we're talking about here. Well, no, because what we want to pause, I mean, what, what life says yes to is life, right? So you might be, but, but the framing is I said no to the invitation, but not what did I say yes to? I said yes to taking care of the human incarnation. Yes, yes. Yeah, because if in the framework of what's wrong, we're all, even when we we're, even when we follow life, it's framed in the negative as you said no. Well, and the practice is to say yes, but you said no. I'm practicing yeah. saying no. Well, actually, no. I'm practicing in discerning what I'm saying yes to. Yes. Because there's always a yes to life. 
Yes, that, thank you. That felt a lot of emotion when you said that about that I'm actually saying yes to taking care of myself and that was a big part of this recent decision and yeah, thank you. That's been really great. Um, and I project to talk about, one of the things is you're not actually just saying no without looking at it. It's not an automatic no, right? You're actually considering never. something before you're saying no, right? And no, so, again, because there's, yes, it's always a process because sometimes it could be, yes, I want to go, I can go, I'm feeling good enough, it's not going to be, I can work it out, it can, I can make it work. There's a, there's a yes that's appropriate. But because it's that's in the moment, it's a function of the moment. It's not a, I'm going to say yes to most things. No, that's not the way you're operating. You're always looking. That's right. And sometimes it surprises me. Sometimes it is, oh, I think I can do that. And it, that, it, that can be confusing for other people. Um, mm -hmm. You know, why this thing and not that thing. But mm -hmm. it is a constant, yeah, it is a, a checking in moment by moment thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the the good news is we don't have to explain ourselves, and those who love us will support us regardless of our decisions, right? Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, yeah. Ashwini, and I'm, I'll listen again to the recording. It's really helpful. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks, Michael. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us, Barbara. And Ashwini, that was a beautiful beautiful conversation and I really appreciated that process of discerning and the many layers that you and Barbara went through to, to see what that process of saying yes to life actually is. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it's and one of the, one, something else I didn't get a chance to say to Barbara is simply that, you know, that, that whatever anyone else thinks, right, because that's also something that's being projected and it's a, it's a hard thing to, to be able to stay with um, prioritizing the human incarnation and making a choice for, 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 the, that, for, that, for that because we're so conditioned to be selfless and choose ego all the time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, to be clear about what I'm saying yes to. Right. And, and if yes. someone else does not agree, then, you know, that's their experience. And we can be completely kind and understanding about that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And remembering that I have one precious human being to save. That's and right. that's my exactly. focus. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that beautiful conversation brings us to the top of the hour here, Ashwini. Well, thank you, Michael. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, everyone, and go happy. And, uh, Michael, I believe the email on the Anxiety Project would have just gone out, so um, look out for it. Wow, that is fabulous. Something else to look forward to. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you, Michael. You. Thank you, everybody. Go happy. Go happy.